Hello, everybody, and welcome to Stoked, the ultimate Star Trek online podcast all about Star Trek online. My name is Chris. And I'm Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy, welcome to episode 16. Thank you. No Brian this week. He is in the process of relocating. Uh, he got a new gig, and he'll be moving, so he's going through that. You got the holidays on top of packing, which sounds like total complete. And a big empty as bar party coming up. Yeah, a total complete <laughs> uh, craziness, so... He is uh, sort of inundated with that process right now. Yeah. We have got such a crazy amount of stuff to talk to you guys about today. First of all, since our last episode, there's kind of been an explosion in the uh, Star Trek online community. And I helped. You did a good <laughs> job there, Jeremy. <laughs> kind of been an uh, explosion regarding Klingons, and we'll cover that and what everybody's kind of worked up, worked out about, worked up about and where it's kind of leading things to go. We got um, some great articles from the news uh, regarding Star Trek Online, interviews with Cryptic staff, things like that. Mm-hmm. Like and always. A couple of videos we want to talk about. They're doing some, Cryptic's doing something new, sort of like an episode type video. We'll discuss that. Yep. And then at the end, we have got tons of Klingon screenshots. Just a whole mess of them. Yeah. And some other ones too. So we'll cover those towards the end of the episode. But let's sure jump will. right into so. Last episode, Stoked 15, if you haven't seen it, we interviewed uh, Daniel Stahl from Cryptic. He's the uh, great guy, producer for Star Trek Online, and uh, we got onto the conversation of Klingons. Jeremy asked a few questions regarding Klingon gameplay. I sure did. And Daniel's response was, is, you know, things are still evolving, moving forward, but as of right now at launch, the plan is the Klingons are going to be PvP. Yeah. Which means you fight, you, you don't go and you don't go fight like other ships controlled by a computer and players controlled by a computer. You fight other players. Right. They're actually playing another character. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a little more like a first-person <clears throat> shooter style. And his explanation for that was, is, you know, we just don't really see it making logical sense that you tell the Klingons to go scan the system and rescue these hostages. That just doesn't sound like Klingon style. Klingons are going to move up through the ranks. Klingons do not take hostages. Right. They're going to move up <laughs> through the ranks by uh, combat and by, you know, proving their honor and things like that. Sure. Yeah. Now, Jeremy... Tell me if I get this right, but people really reacted badly. Some people, some people like myself, were like, "That sounds perfect. That sounds well, exactly think, like it should be." You know, to be honest, I've been uh, trying to weed out the actual uh, good points that people have made about this on the forums because most of it, I'll be quite honest, is just a bunch of jumping to conclusions yeah. and whining about stuff that isn't there. We could there. do a show segment about how the community. There's a certain subset of the community. That reacts badly to the news, regardless of what the news is. Regardless, so it's like if if it came out and it said uh, Cryptic's going to be selling a uh, special pre-order bonus, it's going to be forty dollars cheaper. It comes with a pony and a Corvette. Mm-hmm. There would be someone really pissed off. About but I type. hate Corvettes. I don't like ponies. I'm allergic to ponies. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you're absolutely right. There's I think always there's some of that. somebody. You got and so so that was n- no task. There was no small task to weed through all of the complainers that. You know, right, or just complaining. But there were some good points made. Partially made. Out. Did you, is there any particular that? Like, well, one of the major up? complaints um, from the people that are actually looking at this logically is that they're complaining about the fact that if you're making a faction that's entirely based on PvP, you have to make the PvP actually mean something to the game world. So um, things like being able to control star systems and star bases and things like that, they see this uh, because. Star Trek Online, as we know, all know is going to be totally instant. It's just one giant server, so you can't do. Um, territory control when you're all on the same server. They're also concerned with the fact that um, population imbalances will cause instances to have a longer queue for one side now, or the you other. Mean is, you, what you mean by population imbalances is that if there's 300 Federation players that want to f- do PvP and there's only 15 mm-hmm. people playing Klingons, 
Right. People have to queue up. And those Klingons, remember, also will have the choice to play against other Klingons instead of against Federation. Yeah, but, you know, if you go through the form, it sounds like most people are going to want to fight the Federation because the Federation is the enemy. Yes. So it doesn't really sound like you're not going to have – I don't think there's really going to be a problem of Klingons only wanting to fight other Klingons. There's going to be some <clears throat> of that, and and I'll probably do a little bit of it just to try it out. But I don't think that in particular is much of an issue. I also don't really think the population uh, thing is an issue, and the reason is is I – when I found out that Klingons are PvP and there's not there's not some of the uh-huh. same stuff, to me that was like no big deal because I've always intended to have the Federation side of the did game actually be work my as, primary game. Did it actually work as additional enticement to get you over there? No, never. Oh, no? No, Klingon gameplay was never, ever a reason for me to play Star Trek. No, but I mean when you heard about the fact that they were going to be primarily PvP, did that make you go, oh, oh well, yeah, maybe absolutely. I need to try because that to out? To me, then. what it means, see, to me, I want... To just focus on a character, get the best stuff for my ship, get the best bridge crew, get myself to a point, and that takes a massive amount of dedication. Sure. So to me, the whole idea that I have this other character on top of other Federation characters that I might have that I need to sort of groom and bring up was just a lot of work. Not that I wouldn't mind doing it and spending the time because this I plan for this to be a long term game for right, me. Right. Right. But the flip side of that is, is like it's almost like this. It's almost like this distraction that I don't need. But now that I know, I can just. If I just get a little burnt out in Federation gameplay for a while, I'll just jump over to a Klingons and do a little PvP for sure. a Sure. Not that I can't PvP with the Fed, but, you know. No, but it's since it's going to be your primary source of advancement over there, why not do it on that character? And I also like the idea of jumping in my Bird of Prey and going after Federation for a little while and then jumping back and doing my mainline gameplay again. Yeah. Um, now, so with the, the, uh, the argument that there's going to be a population imbalance, I think that sort of nullifies itself in my type of scenario because... There's always going to be someone, while I might be in my, my Federation stretch for a while, where I'm right. playing mostly Federation, uh-huh. s- someone else, maybe like yourself, maybe you're done playing Federation for a while, and you're going to jump into the PvP on Klingon side for a little while. And so there's going to be a balancing out, because it's just, I think people will naturally just flip between the two as, as they kind of get tired. Yeah, well, plus you're dealing with a game that's got one single server. So, you know, even if they don't do all that well and only get 100,000 subscriptions down the line, that means your entire potential enemy or... or uh, combatant base is a hundred thousand people that's not small well when we say well now we should be careful when we say one single server we don't mean that like cryptic has like one single server in a closet no it's not all one piece of hardware no no no, it means that everybody like in world of warcraft to play with your buddies you all had to be on it you had to pick the server or like they just named them what they they call they had names for them yeah but essentially you were picking a server to run on Mm -hmm. whereas what cryptic done is they've sort of extracted that and sort of they they distributed across a cluster of servers mm-hmm. but to the player it all looks like one single place right you're allowed to switch your character between and then they have they have instances where you can have 30 people in this instance and 40 people in this instance and 50 people in right. that instance right you can still all find each other mm-hmm. it's a, it's actually a nice way to go it works well in champions yeah and it actually it, it will work well down the line with if you actually meet real life people that you'd like to play with you don't have to worry about it scales oh, well, better what too. server do you yeah it scales better well, the, and that's the, what i'm getting at is that population imbalances will probably not exist because yeah. If you're talking, again, about 100,000, let's just throw that number out there. If you're talking about 100,000 people wanting to PvP, um, it's only going to the any potential – oh, you're going to get mathed again. Oh, crap. <laughs> I need a math disclosure <laughs> thing. <laughs> Something that flashes like really It's bright. only going to affect like you know 1% of those people, that imbalance, um, mm. who are at the end. The rest of everybody is going to have plenty of combatants to, to go up against or, or to fight with. You know, so it – yeah, it's just I not also going think, to matter. I also think there's some logic at, at the stage. It's They say about five hours of gameplay, then you unlock Klingons. Mm-hmm. 
the five hours might be pushing it a bit once you get experience with the game. It might be more like two and a half hours of gameplay, maybe three. Maybe uh, if you watch our tutorial videos, we can walk you through it in about two hours. Yeah, and I, I, think, I think you'll be able to get to the Colonials a lot faster, but because it's at this point in the game, for me, it's the perfect spot where I'm ready to kind of take a break from the feds and play a little Klingon for a bit. Right. It's almost like a natural, like, man, I've done, been doing this for a while. I'll just take a break and take a switch. It's time to let like your captain go to 10 forward and hang out for a while while you switch over and, yeah, and, the flip and side get your is, pwn on. The flip side is, like, um, you know, you also are unlocking more abilities in the, in the Federation side, so you might just be more encouraged to keep playing the Federation mm-hmm, side. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people, the main, the main controversy, in my opinion, stems from is there's some people that were going to play Star Trek online because Klingon. Right, and you already right. have like Klingon fleets that have been established. Like They were planning to do the entire player versus environment where you would beam down to a planet and there would be non, non-player characters down there doing you know, uh, episode-type missions that yeah. you have to talk to and fight. And they were planning to you know, essentially only play the Klingon side and right, 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 right. from what I'm gathering. And I think you know, with an MMO... And expansions, it's kind of a standard thing. Those kinds of features can always be added, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. They've been, already, yeah, they were already talking about adding it at this point. And there's been massive gameplay changes to other MMOs post-release right. through these expansions and updates. Uh-huh. So that might be something that happens. But I think, you know, initially looking at the launch, it, to me, you've got to go after the Fed. You've got to, you've got to really dial in the Federation gameplay from PvE to PvP. You've got to have the Federation side completely in because I think the vast majority is going to be playing federation yeah you have a lot of upset people in the minority of the klingon gameplay who are upset now but i think but you know to be honest this the fact that the klingons were going to be a primarily pvp faction has been out for months now i mean we've known about this since an ask cryptic that came back um i'm gonna probably guess october i know but you know it's just a little different with things getting closer and it was an in, the interview with daniel was you know something people could watch and hear and i think it's just a little different when you hear it come directly from them instead of Something you might skip over in an ass cryptic. Maybe. Um, the other thing I thought would be in- of interest to talk about is I, I don't really have any specifics for people out there, but the feedback I'm hearing from people that are in closed beta now mm-hmm. that have gotten to the stage where they've unlocked Klingon gameplay is, yeah, it's PvP, but it's fantastically well done. Yeah. They're enjoying the heck out of it. Uh, and, there's, and part of that comes from that there's so much variety. Now, why don't you go up and head and pull up this... Uh, that's what I was thinking. So we've kind of got a variety of different types of Klingon uh, uh, PvP scenarios. Yeah. And um, instances that you, you know, you probably join a queue. I think that's been mentioned yeah, before. You go yeah. into a queue and then you enter these... And the queue system is neat because you can keep playing the game and you just put your hat in the queue and say... You put your name in the queue and say, hey, at some point I'd like to play. And then as... And then it's you know it's like you're waiting on hold, but yeah. you can keep going about your missions, mm-hmm. and it'll just it'll get pop up you an alert and say, "Hey, are you ready to play?" Right. You accept it, it takes you out of the episode you're in, which you can resume later. And, and this is probably PvP. just like Champions Online. There's an option, the two options that pop up in Champions Online are, are think like hide or cancel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Champions click, Online. It's if you click hide, then it'll give you another pop up later. You don't yeah. exit the queue, but if you're right. busy doing something, you're in the middle of just about to complete your episode. Right. You can just defer that one, and you're, then you just go next, and you get farther down the list. Right. But, so I'm going to guess that since uh, Stowe's using the same engine, and we already know it's yeah. using a lot of the same terminology for their PvP queue system, yeah. it's probably going to have the same sort of a pop up, which yeah. is very. Um, handy. I would say very probably. Um, all right. So here's a couple of different type of PvP scenarios. You have challenges which allow two teams to square off in a private instance. So you got. One group of people over here, and you could even have people in your own fleet 
mm-hmm. to have their own teams, and then you could have people inside the fleet versus each other. So you can organize and, and team up, and then you go into your own private instance. That's something that we haven't seen in previous games, unless there's one that I, I'm not really aware of, but the fact that you can actually spawn these own, at least this implies that you can spawn your own private That's what it says. PvP it says, matches. Yeah, it's a private It's a private. Um, a, a private instance on the fly, you can generate it and go in there, and it's just the people you invited. It's like a yeah. It's it's a lot like Call of Duty or or Quake Three or um, yeah. You know. And it, it brings the MMO back to the land party level in a way, which it, a lot of us it does. really like. It does for PvP. because you can be all at the same place, yeah, and do this, or you could be over the internet and have Ventrilo going or something mm-hmm. like that, or you could go to one of those land party stores and say, "Hey, we're going to meet up and do a big yeah. Star versus uh, Star Trek Online player versus player match." and do your own little tournaments that way and everything. It would be actually a lot of fun. so much fun. Uh, okay, so then there's Arena, which that sounds like Quake 3 Arena. Yeah. Um, arena maps are team versus team matchups in instances played either by teams that challenge another team or by randomly assigned teams created via a global queue system. So you can be a team, and as a team, you can put your, your name out there in that queue and say, our team wants to take on another team. Yeah. You go off and play. Go beat up on some people, and then it'll just say, hey, another team's ready to fight you, and then it'll bring you into the instance, and you can fight. That sounds so much fun. That's like a lot of fun to me, too. Yeah, that sounds now, like a lot And of fun. there's uh, a, like three other options in here, but I don't think yeah. we need to list no, them all we'll by name. No, to them. Scenarios and Warzone. Uh, I'll just mention Warzone really quick. Maps are static maps that are always open for players to join, so you just enter the area. Oh, neat. Uh, both uh, factions may... So there is some open-world PvP in a way. Yes, Yes, that's there is. that's cool. Yeah, it's an open. It's that's an open, actually been one of the other um, primary complaints from people that are in the pro PvP camp, but not right. in Star Trek Online. Well, and that, here's a really neat. neat this Warzone uh, type has um, open mission style PvE objections. So you'll enter this open area. Great, and it'll be like here's an open instance. People are just fighting. They're doing player versus player. While you're here, try to make it to this. Object. Try to rescue the ship. Try to make it to the star base. Well, that's fun. So it's 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 player versus player with an objective. That yeah, I like objective based yeah. PvP. I yeah. think that'll be fun. And then you can uh, you can also you can uh, be teamed up in that instance, so you can get group progression. Mm-hmm. And all of this stuff helps level up your Klingon character. Right. We're told that you will be gaining skill points mm-hmm. and credits yeah. and uh, loot. Anything that you would need to advance your character, you can get through these objective-based PVPs. Now, I guess you could. I mean, so so you still level up the guy. You still add stuff. Now, there's one of the things that you mentioned in the interview, and it's been mentioned uh, again and again on the Star Trek mm-hmm. online forums. Is this is essentially fancy monster play? And what does that mean? What does monster play mean? Well, the only other um, title currently available on the on the internet is Lord of the Rings Online that has something called monster play, and it's basically you get to level ten in Lord of the Rings and you okay. roll up a monster. Now, this monster only has I think it's five ranks, and at each rank you can pick like one new power. So even at your max monster rank, you're still just like three buttons, and uh, and you're a monster. You don't get to customize your appearance. Well, so you're either like but, a spider so or an orc. Or now a, with the Klingons, you still get the full character creation, right? Uh, you get you still get um, fleets, and you can still do um, equipment upgrades, ability upgrades, you yeah. can, you can improve. Now is that not true in in the uh, Lord of the Rings? No. And I think so that's this is really of, a much more advanced version than, than Monster Play. I Yeah, I okay. I really from everything we've seen of it, I wouldn't call it Monster Play. I know a lot of people make the comparison. Well, you kind of did in the last episode. I well, I asked him if he was afraid that it would be compared to it and uh I he didn't allay my fears so much in the interview, but no, I've been but doing a lot more research yeah. trying to dig through all the forums about the the whole explosion that happened uh from our interview so and, and now i else. understand it 
I I really am impressed with the Klingon ships. Yeah, I'm reading. Well, so they say you know it's a, it's a lot like the Federation. You unlock different ships as your character rank. progresses. So you know the warrior warrior is like the start out like ensign. Yeah, like an ensign. Y- you uh you get a bird of prey out of the gate that can cloak in combat. And these bird of preys, we've got some screenshots coming up. They look awesome. And um, there was, um, well, we'll get to that later. Never okay. mind. Well, no, go ahead. Stay tuned. So we don't forget. Do you want to, did you want to say something? Well, there was some footage put up on YouTube oh, of okay. a guy actually flying a bird of prey. Okay. If, and, I, uh, if I can dig that up, I'll put it, I'll put it behind us right now. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. So the, the, they look very maneuverable. It did. And, and, they and you cloak. know what? This, the footage will probably be down by the time this episode comes out. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, it'll probably get nabbed. But. The, the guy, I mean, the Klingon ship definitely has some advantages. It looked like over the, from the other stuff we've seen with the right. Federation ship. Now they've been saying that that's balanced by maybe uh, being a bit of a glass cannon, but that's how Klingons are. They come yeah. in, they swoop in out of cloak, and they just blast you out before you can react. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one of the things Cryptic put cannon. out one of the, one of the things Cryptic put out in their Klingon discussion was that uh, I think it was the Ask Cryptic about Klingon gameplay is that uh, the Klingons have a lot of power forward facing. Yeah, it's at the end of this article as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Generally speaking, they have more for, uh, forward-firing arcs. Yeah, weapons. okay, so, here's the, so this is from Cryptic. Cryptic. Yeah. In general, Klingon ships have more forward-facing weaponry than the Federation counterparts and uh, boast greater maneuverability. Yeah. What's more, bridge officer stations aren't restricted by class, meaning captains will be able to put any bridge officer they like into any station. Yeah. Regardless of their profession. Ooh, so you don't? Oh, okay. Right. Oh, so we've been told, cool. like on the Federation side, we know that the science s- officers have to go in the science science slot. station, right? Ah. And each different type of uh, ship will have a different number of different stations. So you have to have those bridge officers. Yeah. But on the Klingon side, you could have twelve tactical officers. Yeah. And just <laughs> it just be like a one could be like awesome at like tractor beams. One could be awesome at you know I know it's one of those things I, you're supposed to get is like the ability to shoot quad torpedoes. Yeah. I think we've we've talked about we've seen that. those in the videos. The yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, if you, but as a federation, if you, that, I would think that would mean if you get behind a bird of prey, that's where your strength is going to be. Probably just based on this. Yeah. Yeah. Since most of their weaponry will um, probably be forward facing. Lieutenant, uh, Klingon lieutenant unlocks an, a, a, a nicer bird of prey. Um, mm-hmm. and then lieutenant commander, you get, um, a raptor and then well, this it just is something keeps going I actually, up. If you're going to mention the ships and I want to mention this as okay. well, each rank from warrior all the way up to general has bird of prey. And each time they just become a bird of prey Mark One, Mark Two, Mark Three, Mark Four. But you mark. also get wrapped like some of them, like Captain has bird of prey Mark Four. Yeah, there's other and then options. You have Raptor but, Mark Three, and you have a battle cruiser. Yeah. So, that, but if you're totally in love with the the highly maneuverable little um, fighter, the bird well, of prey, kind of, well, it just gets nicer. Yeah. Which is the Klingons to a T. I mean, if you look at if you look at there's Klingons in the in the most recent Star Trek movies. With the same ships that they had in Star Trek: The Motion Picture, <laughs> yeah. like the Klingons once they get something working, they well, like isn't it. The Katinga Battle Cruiser from the original yeah. series, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it's which, still around. A little more modern looking, <laughs> but yeah. Or uh, didn't they have a Bird of Prey in, in Enterprise? Oh yeah, in absolutely. the series. Oh yeah. yeah so those have been around a little for... older. I mean, it looked they, but it's, it was essentially the same ship, right. which is awesome. Um, all right, so th- there's more information in this article that we'll link to in the show notes over at Jupiter Broadcasting. If you're a fan or even have a passing interest in Klingons, you owe it to yourself to read that. Yeah. It- it's worth it. Now, is there anything more you want to talk about the whole Klingon brouhaha? I, do you- I personally you I know, think people the- are overreacting a little bit. Yeah, I just want to say that um, don't jump to conclusions. I think that until you've actually had a chance to either see gameplay and uh, you know, try oh, yeah, to find and I those. I started to say that people that are giving us feedback that are in beta are saying – um, it's PvP, but the Klingon gameplay is just so much fun. They're yeah. saying it's a different game. Yeah, well, yeah, I believe it. PvP is a different. Well, game. Well, that's a hard thing to pull off. 
that's a hard thing to pull off inside one game. Well, you know, one of the biggest uh, arguments as a proponent to PvP gameplay is that it never grows old because you're always going against people that are going to know different things. It's like even no matter how well you program your artificial intelligence uh, of your uh, NPC characters, they will never stack up to playing against another player. And that mm-hmm. might that might mean that the other player is terrible sometimes. But a lot of times it'll mean that... I was cleaning that- up in PvE this weekend. What else? I was cleaning up. <laughs> but a lot of other times it means that you're actually challenged by this 100% of the time and you have to be right on top of your game. And uh, that also means that the feds going up against these Klingons that have been PvPing their entire life, you're going to be clocked clean. Yeah, yeah you've got to be... Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's true. And it's going to be fair because yeah. in Star Trek, I mean, it sounds kind of stupid, but in Star Trek... I always find it ridiculous when the Klingons beam onto a ship, like, or say they beam onto Deep Space Nine, and like the Klingons are getting their butts kicked by humans. I'm just like, these Klingons from the age of like since they could stay. Well, what about that, fighting the House of Quark episode where he? Yes. <laughs> never mind, never mind. Yes. We won't go there. But that's a great example. I'm just that it's so imbalanced. Like I'm like, no, the Klingons, the Klingons have they know how to do combat. They've done it forever. It always seems like now that the Federation uh, Starfleet officers don't have training, it's just right. It's a lifetime of training for the Klingons. It's, it's their entire way of life. Yeah. Uh, moving on, just as a point of note, uh, Cryptic is beginning to assemble a Ships of the Line page over at uh, StarTrekOnline.com yeah. slash well, this Ships is, Index. We'll link to that. You might call this a replacement for their previous Ships of the yes. Line pages. Yes. This is actually, it links, um, it just shows you a basic out- overview of where of the each Federation, class fits. Of the Federation ships, uh, mm-hmm. of, of, their, of the different types of cruisers, the escorts, and the science. And um, I love the cruisers. Science. I know you like the science because it has the Olympic class. Right. Um, and the Olympic class is... That's the one with the big sphere on the front. The Olympic class is special. <laughs> uh, but the cruisers and the escorts are really, for me, where it's You know, at. a lot of people have asked me, why do I like that class? And that, I, I've told other people that all the other Federation ships either look like saucers or elongated saucers. But you know, what's, you know what are cool? What? Saucers. Huh. Yeah. No, uh... Since, since uh, uh, you know, just like science fiction old days, saucers are just awesome, dude. And I'm sorry. I just can't help it. I, I just think they're awesome. I really do. I wanted to mention, you. Know, this isn't in the show notes, uh, but I want to talk about it in this episode because it's the only show we do that's so Star Trek focused. Um, <laughs> I got uh, the Star Trek Season 3, the original series Blu-ray box. Oh, that yeah? just came out. Uh-huh. And uh, it comes with a little um, Star Trek online card in there where you can unlock a... I saw this. Original, it was sitting on your disc. Your yeah, desk. It's, a, it's, it's from the Wrath of Khan. It's the Wrath of Khan, you know, red with the white turtleneck right. uniform. Very uh-huh. cool. Very unique, really, because there's so many different types of uniforms, but there's not <clears throat> anything that looks like that. Right. So it came with that. But this, this Blu-ray set, first of all, it has the original version that's been cleaned up, like remastered in the sense of they've rescanned in the, the film. Mm-hmm. Then they also have the new effects version, so you can watch either one of the episode, which is cool. Well, that's kind of neat. And then they have a, the last disc has a bunch of special features, including, including, an original pilot that never aired. Oh, the uh, the episode where no man has gone before um, was kind of like just after Captain Pike, after they scrapped the Captain Pike, right? And that whole trip to that planet, they scrapped <coughs> that. They said, "All right, we need to have we need to have a new kind of fresh look." So that's when so they, they brought William a, Shatner in. They did another pilot at that time. They did another pilot, and then later on, they took that original pilot and rechopped it up into another episode oh. where No Man Has Gone Before where they go outside the galaxy Ooh. and all this kind of stuff and, and the people get well, two of the characters get powers and stuff like this and um, I like powers so there was so there's been two different types of pilots that didn't air there was the one 
the original Captain Pike one that was never that aired. The Cage. That's the Cage. That this is not this. This is a totally different Star Trek with a different monologue intro. Not space. The Final Frontier. Oh, I've These, heard that this intro. Is, this is totally new. New intro. It's like by something William like, Shatner. When you're entering into the outer realms of space, it, we it probe into the totally outer weird. It's a little. It's a little bit of a weird. And they take uh, their intro music is actually like the background music they use later on for different episodes, hmm. and uh, it's a different in- intro monologue by William Shatner. And the style is very sixties. There's like these 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 sixties like acts acts that they do that are hard breaks in the episode. Oh, yeah, very okay. interesting. It's on the last disc in this Blu-ray set, and it's um, worth it's getting. Taking from I think maybe Gene Roddenberry's son's uh, home collection hmm. that they then digitally mastered. And brought it in and scanned the film and then put it on the Blu-ray. So worth getting for any fan of Star Trek. It's not then. that much. Uh, I'll I'll link to the Amazon uh, affiliate link from our store where yeah. we get a little cut if you do buy it. But uh, it's almost just the, 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 it comes with the uniform for Star Trek Online. So, so it's I'm going to run around the Khan uniform, which is just awesome. I, they've got a little picture of it on the card. It's very awesome. It is. Yeah. And you go you go to StarTrekOnline.com and you even though even if you're not playing but you have an account like you know, uh-huh. if you signed up, uh, I was able to register it. Yeah, that's the same thing with uh, Champions Online. I yep. think, you know, a lot of the pre-order bonuses. Which and I think do you want the, to mention some of that too? We should. Yeah, I was going to say I think the uniform unlocks for any character I have. Right. Yeah, I think so as which well. Which is neat. Okay, so let's talk a little bit. Yeah, that'll let's take us into now. They uh, a lot of these this information we we touched on a little bit in our last episode, just basically with the fact that it was out there. Yeah. Um, there is so much information about pre-orders and what's in the collector's editions and everything. Going over it all in this it show, it would just be an entire anything, episode of us reading a website. Anything That's in particular you want to cover? Well, I want to mention that um, the overseas and Canadian pre-orders are now available. Oh, good. And all of the information is there on Star Trek Online's but. That's a big thing. You know, earlier on we were telling um, when the first GameStop offers started coming out, we were like, well, we need to hear it from Cryptic. Yeah. Because until they do, we, we can't now trust anything. Now, now we these have. Are, these, are official, these are official on Cryptic's website. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for the most part, it looks like it's actually better than what some of the retailers were saying. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at – they've got – so they have You know, got, the first one to come out was that original Connie, and there are so many better um, special offers now. Yeah. Over at StarTrekOnline.com slash retail – they have a list of um, every retailer, and uh, if it's U.S. Yeah, with a little flag, it yep, shows you where they are. Which country you can buy it from. Mm-hmm. And then if you click on the retailer, it takes you to their page where you can buy it. Um, and then we also have a link over on our show notes yeah, where it's it helps like support good the show. One-stop shop for all your Star yep. Trek online needs. So that's StarTrekOnline.com slash retail. So uh, very, very But again, good to if you that. want to go through Amazon, you can support the show by using our store affiliate link. We'll give you the link for that. In the show notes. Yes. Um, all right, good to have that stuff, and uh, I have a. I think I have. Um, I've done two pre-orders because I, I just I pre-ordered from GameStop. You know, and this Amazon. is. I've followed other MMOs before they roll out, and I've seen people talking about where they're pre-ordering from or or what they're going to do with their pre-order. Yeah. You know, getting in line the night before. And there's or even an Atari store. official, but this one's really you know. Uh, this one was really. This is the first game that I can recall a large portion of the uh, of the population out there doing multiple pre-orders. Like there are some folks in our fleet that have like four pre-orders set aside, so they're wow. going to own four copies of the game wow. just for these separate bonuses. Uh, that's a little crazy. That's pretty big. And the fleet, our fleet, uh, our Jupiter Force fleet, which you can find over at JupiterColony.com, mm-hmm. is really getting big. It's getting awesome. I love the conversations that There's, go over there. There is some that the, our stoked form over at JupiterColony.com is just exploding with awesomeness. Yeah, it is literally. I will find information there before I see it anywhere else on the web. The people yeah. that are in there are so passionate. About. You know, I keep mentioning this over and over, but that's where I learned about the uh, the YouTube videos that just came up oh, over yeah. this weekend. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that was the first place I heard from it. I don't even know if as of this taping, they've been released on the Star Trek cryptic forums, probably because people don't want to get them pulled. Well, yeah, they get smashed. Yeah. Um, all right, so I'm ready to jump into some of these articles, unless there's anything else you wanted to cover before we move Well, on. since I mentioned those, just uh, we're going to put the links to those videos in our show yeah. notes. But yeah. like we said before, they might get pulled before this episode airs, mm-hmm. so um, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck and safe journey. Um, all right. So uh, we have uh, Jack Emmert, who uh, we've been talking to recently to uh, come yeah. on our show, potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, goes over... Uh, he's the, the uh, COO of Cryptic. I guess he's above um, Craig Zinkovich, who's the executive producer of Star Trek Online. Yeah. Well, and that probably doesn't matter to most people out there. He's just somebody involved at a high level. No, so but you has... know, it's information. You yeah. tell them things. Hey, Jeremy. What? Good job being informational. Thank you. You are so informational, Jeremy. <laughs> All right, so there. Uh, At least I didn't Matthew again. He uh, he he had an interview with uh, MMORPG.com, and he basically talks about uh, a little more in depth with Klingon content. Some of the highlights, mm-hmm. some of the stuff we've already talked about. But he says that uh, there will be a full set of skills. They uh, have their own bridge officers. They have their own ships. They have their own territory, and they have their own advancements with their own missions. Yeah. Now that last part, I actually put in big bold pretty letters in our show notes because I think this is important to know that even if it's PvP. You can still have objectives. You can yeah. still have your own missions, even if that mission might be like kill fifty Federation players. You know, you can go out there and you can you can feel Which like almost, you're actually accomplishing. It something. almost seems like PVE then isn't really a good way to describe what it is. No, it's it's it like really isn't. it's like a PVE hybrid or it's a PVP PVE hybrid. I think calling it objection based PVP is, is a good way objection to go based, about it. Right. Yeah, I won't object to your objection based PVP. Thank you, Chris. Uh, so there is um, there is some uh, there is going to be some actual uh, player versus environment content. You yeah, know, uh, yeah, yeah. Some of that stuff. It's just not as in-depth as the Federation. Right. So there'll be like random encounters or, or um, yeah. you can go to some um, planets and explore, you know, things like that. But it won't be... Um, the Federation side has these big episodic story arcs that where one mission leads into the next and brings you to the next system and, and the next storyline, but that's, that's just not there on the Klingon side. This is an interesting one. Uh, Craig Zinkovich was over at 13.1, um, which is an interesting site. Did you, were you, yeah, did you notice? Yeah, kind of a neat layout. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways. It, it actually cool. looks like you're looking at a magazine. It is like it's all online. like an online magazine. It is neat yeah. from that perspective. And my, my wife walked in when I was reading it and she thought that it was really cool. So there's... There's a, it's a unique take on this. So it gets content. the Mrs. Fisher seal of approval. Yes. <laughs> uh, so it, one of the interesting quotes from Craig Zinkovich in the interview that a lot of his stuff probably people have already seen, but this yeah. one kind of stuck out. You'll experience references to well-known characters, like maybe a ship named after after somebody. Right. But uh, there is no, uh, at the moment, direct likeness because the rights through CBS and Paramount are a little sticky and extremely expensive. Right. So there's probably not going to be like a Captain Kirk or Spot character, not to mention uh, this This takes place in 2409. Yeah. So they'd, and be, so dead. they'd be dead. So <laughs> The uh, only one left from the original series that might have still been alive is Spock, and he went back in you time. You know, Picard, uh, could still, Riker could still be alive. But yeah. The, and, now, and what I'm catching from this is not so much... To, of them. Not just like ships named after him, like the USS yeah. Picard and things like that, but you might actually might hear, well, we heard word from the Enterprise out in this quadrant that yes. we need to take care of something. You right. know, so. But it's not going to go... So they're in there, but they're not... You're not going to you know, you're not gonna warp up to the Enterprise and have Captain Picard hail you. Yeah. And that's understandable. First of all, could you imagine just to bring Patrick Stewart in? And you know, just, do you have any idea how much he got paid for doing Oblivion? 
No. That video game where he did like 10 minutes of voiceover work. Crazy. It was like twice their entire budget for the rest of the game. Well, you know, if people... Oh, and by the way, Patrick Stewart got knighted this weekend or yeah. is getting knighted yeah, sometime. Yeah. So make it sir. Yes. Nice, Jeremy. <laughs> nice. Um, very, very good. I've been waiting to use that pun. <laughs> All right. So um, Zam has a, has a review of what we know so far about Star Trek Online. If you've watched some of our, like, I think it was episode 14. Or no, maybe it was episode 15 when we covered some of the history. That a lot of it was already covered. I think maybe Zam watched Stoked and then did an article about it, perhaps. <laughs> Uh, not, so this is like it, it's a recap. Yeah. If you've watched our show, you've got all this information already. But if you have a friend that's like, "Oh, Star Trek Online," I've, I've never heard of that. Well, first of all, send them over to Jupiter Broadcasting, right? And have them watch this. But if they're still confused, there's this other article. Yeah. If they like to read, <laughs> uh, if they don't like to be productive while they listen or watch, yeah, um, yeah. there's a three-hour tour of the uh, first part of the beta, which I guess would probably be mostly the um, tutorial section. Probably uh, not. Yeah. Maybe not three hours of it, but depends uh, on how much you suck. Yes, uh, but it, that's also over at mmorpg.com, and they did a whole write-up about sort of their first three hours with the game. Yeah, kind of a walkthrough of what the storylines like, what so they if were you're impressed just jonesing with. Jonesing to know more about it. Mm-hmm. That's where you'll find that at. Well, all right. Speaking of jonesing, there's actually a, a couple more articles about um, character creation, which is oh, something yeah. that I was all re- already always Cryptic really, is really up known about. for their character creation. Yeah. Um, in fact. One of the kind of jokes for Champions Online sometimes from the detractors was, well, the character creator was a lot of fun. The game was okay. (laughs) Uh, And there is some truth to that because you can spend a lot of time customizing a character. You make a unique looking character. You know, you only get like eight character slots in Champions Online. I've probably made 20 characters by now. Just (laughs) make them, delete them, make them, delete them, which makes the tutorial get a little boring. Yeah, Mm. yeah. Um, but uh, they carry, they've they've really extended a lot of that technology into Star Trek Online. Yeah, they're and they're streamlining a, a lot of it. A couple of these articles. Uh, can you scroll up so we can just tell them which site they're oh, on? Yeah. They've got great the, pictures. Over at Zam and good. Uh, was it Zam? Yeah, Zam has a has an article. Yeah, Zam's on got one, and I think one more up. Um, at, uh, oh yeah, oh rock this paper is a great shotgun one. is actually it, a really good article. It kind of goes into the uh, to the kind of the almost the engineering science behind the faces. It's, yeah, the, it's the really morphology of changing the shape of your character's face and everything. Yeah. Um, really great article. If you're interested and in character solid creation, pictures. If you yeah, want to know what the characters, are fun. if you want what the characters look like, um, I'll probably show a few if I remember behind us. But um, hey, You know, you don't even have to read the articles, really. Just look at the pictures and you get a good idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then come listen to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I want to talk about these videos. Uh, mainly, right. the one I want to talk about the most, uh, we'll link to a video of kind of behind the scenes of Zachary Quinto's um, recording for the voices. If yeah. you missed that from uh, recently, there's uh, Spock from the new movie and Siler from Heroes. Right. Zachary Quinto is doing voiceover um, and in, then- in the game. It's been said that he's playing like the emergency medical hologram, yeah, but it sounded like some, from some of the other um, behind-the-scenes stuff, he's probably also doing like just a generic um, tutorial voiceover. Yeah. Um, so he'll he'll well, be the one telling you how to play in the in the behind-the-scenes episode. He's like W makes you go forward or whatever he said. You know. Yeah. So that sounds like tutorial to me. Uh, now a video came out, uh, Veil of Space Part One Into the Lion's Den. Mm-hmm. Now this is an interesting video because it's a it's a unique approach to the videos we've seen so far for, about Star Trek Online. It's it's almost more episodic. Mm-hmm. And what's neat about it is all of the shots are in game shots with yeah. the UI turned off, and they you know they just use the camera rotate feature and the zoom in and right. the zoom out, mm-hmm. and they've basically set up a little mystery story, a quick five minute if, mm-hmm. if that video. It says it's episode one, so I'm hoping that we see more of these. It it is fun and. 
for the first time, I think, in any of the videos that they've shown previously, really good voiceover work. Very, very good voiceover work. Yeah. And uh, almost like, uh, uh, you know, the, Jeremy and mentioned, and I thought so too, there's the voice of the captain, and it mm-hmm. sounds like an actor that we both should recognize. It's, it's, a, it's the type of voice that you feel like, oh, I should know who that is. Yeah. And uh, he uh, he says a word that like he says unsuccessful, like it, like their mission so far has been unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. And the way he says it almost sounds like the word just tastes bad, and even in his mouth, it was right. done well. Like he knows um, what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> then there was this. There's this moment in the video where the where you where the guys are down on the planet, and uh-huh. all these Klingons approaching their ship. Now, funny note. Cryptic has explained over and over again that when you're down on the planet, your ship, your ship basically disappears. Away. <laughs> you're not going to get attacked while you're down on the planet. So it's funny that they did an episode where you're. Ships getting attacked yeah, while yeah. you're down the planet. Uh, maybe they're about, maybe they're all approaching a beam down or something. Anyway, so the camera zooms out and zooms out and zooms out, and you see some Klingon ships, and you yeah, see a couple like Klingon bird ships. of prey. And you're like, oh, there's bird a couple of bird of prey, and then it keeps like zooming out. Five raptors and then come in. Five ships, and you're like, oh boy, that's bad. Oh, they're and then it zooms out even more, and like the major carrier comes Three in, and another one comes <laughs> in, and another one. And you're like, oh boy, and then to be continued. <laughs> and that's a cool way to do it. I mean, I'm like, I want to see the next part. That's yeah. fun. So. Hats off to Cryptic on that one. And you know what? No exploding ships. Not yet. I have a feeling <laughs> there's going to be, though. The USS Remembrance will explode. You know, and <laughs> I've, I've thought, I spent a little time thinking about the ship blowing up. And um, you know what it is? Huh. Is a, sh- a video that has ships blowing up will probably get twice the amount of views as a, as a video that doesn't have ships Maybe we should put some blowing up. up ships in ours. That's what I'm thinking. Because people want to see stuff get blown up. Yeah. So... <laughs> All right, let's let's shift gears from video and move into some of the screenshots that have come out this week. Uh, we'll do a heavy focus here on Klingon stuff because that's really what you know. Cryptic I think that on. I think that uh, we kicked off the Klingon Blitzkrieg here. Well, I think so. I mean, after uh, their, the the form lit up after yeah. our thing in there, and I don't think that Cryptic had any choice but to really respond to that by giving more information. You know, Jack Emmert came down from on high to speak to people about the Klingons and and about pre order bonuses too, which were another hot topic. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was. I think he was already brewing under the surface. I don't want to take full yeah, credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was kind of coming, but it definitely seemed to kick off. When, I'm going to take happened. credit. All right, okay, <laughs> fair, fair. All right, so let's look at. So first movie, first pictures were embedded over at trekmovie.com, mm-hmm. and uh, I tons wanna, of them. I want to start off with this really great classic-looking Klingon bird of prey. Yeah, and we're, this looks like it's right out of the motion picture movie. It really does. It's got that red um, torpedo tube right on the nose of it. Yeah, like things. Yep. And yeah. it's getting shot at, but it's... I actually think that might be the Katinga Battlecruiser, actually. I don't think it's a bird of prey. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. I, 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 need, I, do, I need to work better at... I just call it, you know, kind of like the generic term. I this ship's of, green. I think, yeah, <laughs> well, it's like that. Like, I almost think bird of prey is like just a generic Klingon ship. I realize it's not. But in my brain, I, you know, my brain takes shortcuts is, is essentially what happens, and I apologize. So uh-huh. it's, it's a, it's a great-looking ship. and um, It is. I just I always thought that that class of ship always looks like it's wearing a hat though. Huh. That's or like a or like a Jordy LaForge visor. It does look like a visor. I'll <laughs> give you that. That's uh I don't know, an awesome visor though. It's wearing an awesome visor. So that's good. Well, I said Jordy LaForge. That I think awesome goes without saying oh, right there. All right. All right. So okay. You know. All right. So moving on, the uh, next screenshot here is a gorgeous one. This isn't a Klingon one, but we're going <laughs> to get back to Klingons here in a second. This next screenshot looks great. It's a uh, a very cool space station with a neat mist effect mm-hmm. and um, kind of like a mysterious space background that goes with it. And I picked, I really just love that station, though. I, I picked the station because it has a cool glow light effect with, with the nebula gases or yeah. whatever that is that's there. Mm-hmm. The way it lights up is very neat. Um, and I just it just looks like a beautiful piece it's of a good, artwork um, almost. Wallpaper. Yes. 
Yeah. And it's a, it's a good resolution for that, too. Yeah. All um, right. Now, back into the Klingon stuff. Here's a shot of a Klingon and bird of blowing up ships. And he's getting he's getting shot at, actually. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's it gives you uh, an idea of the uh, scale of ship. And uh, this looks like it's actually a, a PvP. Cause that might, that's not a Federation ship it's fighting. So at least I don't think it is. So it gives you a good picture yeah, I can't of what, tell from here. what the uh, what the PvP or, uh, uh, <clears throat> kind of scene looks like. And again, these are all without interface, but, you know. Now, well, that's a fun one. Now, this is a fun one. This is two Klingons, and they have uh, their batlets out, and they're mm-hmm. ready. To, they're swiping at each other. There's actually little swipe uh, trails through the air. Yeah, yeah. Like, an, like an animation effect. Like you cut through the air, yeah. and uh, it gives you a great idea of, you know, these two guys are going at it, batlet to batlet, and it's just an epic battle. And The environment looks great, looks great too, with the, the banners hanging everywhere and the big Klingon in, insignia on the, on the wall. Do the banners... in? I believe this was done in purpose. The banners are very Nazi. A little bit, but I think we've seen them in previous um, Star Trek. Oh, oh, absolutely. No, that yeah. I'm, I'm saying that was the purpose that the you know the, when they did that in Star Trek. All the propaganda hanging everywhere. You think yeah. was a little. I mean, bit... you know. So if you if you if you uh, follow this through, uh, the, uh, theoretically, the Klingons are actually supposed to be um, you know the Soviet Union, and that uh, right that was the original intention. Chernobyl yeah. was. Uh, the Praxis Klingon, was Praxis, the Klingon moon, yeah. and uh, that was supposed to be the uh, you know the analogy there. Yeah, um, but to me, there's also some there that to me just you know I they've always struck me as almost more of a samurai culture, especially with their focus on the batleth, the sword. As a, I think, but that got that that was, might just be DS Nine talking to me. Well, that was a little TNG with Worf, and then uh-huh. really, really brought forward in Deep Space Nine. Yeah, I think the original conception was is. They were the Cold War. They were the they were the Soviets. Yeah, and I've you know I've seen some of the um, original series episodes that really kind of nail that home. I yes. mean, it's it's if so look at transparent series, sometimes. If you look at the original series, there's not a battle to be seen. They have guns, mm-hmm. and they're um, they're much more um, human for one thing. They're much more conniving. They're much more uh, 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 deliberate and planned. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in the original series, the Klingons are taking over systems and they're kind of surrounding. The Federation and they're right. they're devaluing the Federation credit and they're doing they're choking <laughs> off supply lines. You know, like the whole Tribbles episode was essentially uh, fought over um, a, a, a crucial thing, a crucial station, a, a trading station, right? In a supply route, right, for, right, right. Uh, grain for grain, right? And um, then they move on more Klingons later on. The whole honor system and the Klingons, which which I thought enhanced, but the, the Klingons became much more. Yeah, more samurai maybe. Yeah. Um, all right. So our next screenshot here is a another um, Klingon ship. A little beauty shot. A fan I think this shot one actually a is bird a bird of prey. prey. You can say that this time. This is a bird of prey, <laughs> and it's a good looking bird. But of prey. It, yeah, it's not a typical bird of prey either. That looks like some sort of um, special skin. I don't recall ever seeing that type of a shot uh, ship in the shows. Yeah, you know, the it doesn't look entirely right. It's really green in the shows. Yeah, and and it's got. Uh, just that nose looks very different, and this might be it has this a rim be, around the back of it. This too. might be a hint of a of an original design by Cryptic that is some of the or customization. Player, yeah, our player customization. Yeah, some yeah. of the customization that is available for those ships. Yeah. Uh, okay, so now this is uh, this is an interesting shot here. Um, this next shot is a Klingon with his batlet standing there, and he's mm-hmm. he's in a hallway, and it's uh, some of the people online conjecture this the uh, Klingon. Um, High command where they have their ceremony and right. things like that. I yeah, forget, I'm forgetting. I'm spacing on the name. The high right council. Now. The high council. Thank you. 
And uh, these are statues there, maybe statues of KLS or people, you know, of K- right, or, or from or previous KLS's chancellors time. or something. Yeah, or, yep. And uh, it's just a gorgeous shot, it, and it's such a stark contrast to the Federation shots. We've yeah. Seen. So I wanted to show this one, but bit. still, really even though it. it's a stark contrast, the lighting effects are great. The mm-hmm. the textures look real. Well, what's cool about it is this shot is, you know, I think normally the camera would be more straight on, uh-huh. but this just shows you that if the player stops for a second, spins the camera around and pans up, there's a lot of detail to be had. Yeah. So it's very, very cool. Very textured. A lot a lot going on in these shots. Yeah. Um, there's, I'll link to a whole bunch more. We've Trek got a movie whole bunch. probably close to a dozen and a half. Yeah. But uh, if you go to that last one, the very last one that's an exterior shot down yeah. there just with very the captain cool. um, out in the uh, posing. Yeah. There's uh, some guy in the background that's standing on his head. He probably just got a uh, you know shot in the face or something, and he's falling backwards. But oh, those his are his, feet are up in the his air. His feet are up in the air, like catch, straight dude. up in the air. Good, yeah, yeah. He's in the middle of a battle. Yeah, yeah. There's a battle going on. He, the background. He's probably in the middle of flipping over or something like that. That's and so the captain's funny. just in the foreground chilling out. Hey, chillaxing. So he's like, "Hope this is good." You know, you know what that was? Somebody at Cryptic was playing, and they're like, "Oh, this is a good one." Snapshot. <laughs> and then they posted it or something. And you know that they've been known to do that in the past. They did that video with the whole saucer separation thing in it. They. They don't always look at the background so closely. <laughs> oh, was that saucer separation when not intended, do you think? Yeah. No, they mentioned that they needed to do a better job of QAing their, their footage before they put it in the final video. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about that, what, three episodes ago? Yeah, three or four. Yeah. 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 And there was a galaxy. There's a, there's a battle going on in the background. There's a saucer section and a galaxy class without its saucer just flying around. Yeah, <laughs> like going in two different directions. <laughs> cool. Uh, this last shot I want to talk about uh, is we haven't talked about the Borg much recently. Is um is boardtastic? Yeah, it's boardtastic, you guys. It is, and the ship, cuberific. The ship that they're featuring is a is a very sleek, very sl- um, uh, like wavy. There's no there's no hard edges. to Yeah, this ship. we've seen a, a few ships now that are they're very sleek like this, very smooth. You know, they actually remind me a little bit of the Naboo um, ships from Star Wars. Those kind of chrome looking to me, they always these really sleek ones always look like a natural long term progression of the Prometheus class. That one, yeah, that the multi, yeah, yeah, yeah. They always look like because that one started to get very Voyager even started to get very smooth. Mm-hmm. The Prometheus took that further, and, and the Galaxy this, was probably the first one to have those very smooth swooping lines yeah. on it and everything. Yeah, yeah. And this is just this. And I love the nacelles on this one. Mm-hmm. They're very um, retro modern. Yeah, you know, with the way the the way that that they're. They're exposed blue on one side, and, and it's almost like you can see um, coils. You can see the actual coils right. in there. They actually look like they're not just neon lights. Yeah. Or they almost or look like they, maybe they really do, big neon lights. Yeah, long neon <laughs> tubes, but the tubes would be the coils. And right. Obviously, they're not tubes because they're digitally rendered, you guys. Yeah. So stop thinking they're tubes, everybody. But uh, we'll link, we've got so many more screenshots that if you, if you want to go sink your teeth into that, we'll have them in the show notes. I also tend to throw a lot of screenshots at the end during the credits. Yeah. So you can always just keep watching the video and catch those. You can. All right. Well, we'd love to hear from you, and there's a couple different ways you can do that. First of all, you can join our Facebook fan page over at facebook.com. Slash Jupiter Broadcasting. And that's an excellent place to find out when we're doing these shows live, to find out when a new episode is released, to mm-hmm. give us some quick feedback, all those kinds of things. But if you really want to jump into the community and jump into the conversation... That's over at jupitercolony.com. Right, and there's a sub-forum there just for Stoked. And as we've said, there's some great conversation going on there. Um, when the Klingon um, whining started, a lot of people kind of migrated over um, to our forums, actually. Which There's a little, you know, more, rational, there's a little more rational discussion, to discussion there, and we're yeah, really yeah. proud of that. So That was very cool. It was, it was funny. In a lot of ways, I, uh, I, I hit Jupiter Colony first. I didn't realize how bad the reaction was because it was a lot more of a – 
rational conversation going on there. People were mm-hmm. discussing kind of pros and cons. Right. You know, I somebody make a bullet point and somebody else make a bullet point. Then I went over to the Star Trek online forums. Yeah. You know, and it's just, the, you know, there's because the nature of the forums over at Star Trek online are so much larger. Yeah. That even a vocal well, you know, they've got probably like 60,000 registered yeah, users over there. over there. So you're going to have a larger population with different varying opinions over there. Right. And, uh, and some of them aren't so smart. And we're still a lot of them are. For the, for the <laughs> Jupiter Force members, we're working on having a new site for the Force uh, mm-hmm. during um, to have it ready for the open beta. Yeah. So we and if not before there. open beta, sometime during. We need it by release, and we know yes. that we need it. So it'll we'll be probably there. be beta testing the site during the open beta, hopefully. <laughs> we're working out a few server things because we want to have, have plenty of capacity and all that stuff. So we're working right. all that out. All right. And then, of course, if you want to email the show, you can email us tips. Uh, right, right, tips. Right, tips. We got to get a more official one. We do, but right now it's tips. Because that Jupiter was previously Broadcast. where people could send us beta info. But, but we realized that there's, other, you know, other people. They want, you want to send other stuff, and you can send right. it there. But I think we'll come up with something more for the show down the road. But right now it's tips at Jupiter Broadcasting. That's com. it. All right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for watching this episode of Stoked. We come out every Tuesday. We do, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>